Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin, fellow Buster Freestyle, Friday, October 4th. You know it's a weekday when I know what the date is. We covered that in our last podcast with Marky Sal. That's a good way a place to start, is this next podcast coming up here with Jeremy Johnson of Man Cook Good. To say we covered that in our last podcast, we're going to revisit a couple things relative to this week in Washington, D.C. political news Similar to things that Marky Sal and I talked about last week, or earlier this week, I should say. I think it was Sunday. So anyway, um, let me see. I pull, pull my notes here. So Jeremy, you know, the last time we had Jeremy on, you know, Jeremy decided, this is probably late July, early August, whenever it was, that the Red Sox were done. And Jeremy went on an amazing, amazing diatribe. I mean, essentially... A solo pod with me just kind of there to press record and say, oh yeah, mm, okay, sure, and then ask a few questions, which was a great formula. Um, it's obviously a little bit lighter when he sticks a fork in the Red Sox um, than, you know, if he just kind of yells and screams about the state of America. But, hey, it's in the news, and this show, Filibuster Freestyle, has always aspired to be at its worst mildly entertaining, and hopefully at its best, quasi-thought-provoking. And hopefully somewhere in the middle, you know, if not thought-provoking, at least somewhat entertaining. So we're going to go back to what's happening in D.C. right now because since Marky Sal and I talked about what at the time was, was being called Ukraine Gate, we've had a lot more things happening in Washington, D.C. Um, some of it... Not funny, but farcical. So funny we could cry type stuff. Anyway, Jeremy Johnson, as we know, Man Cook Good founder, CEO. Check him out on Instagram, at Man Cook Good. We like to call this segment Jeremy in the Car, and I'm going to call it a.k.a. Man on Fire, a.k.a. Man Cook Good and Fuego on his commute home from work. Because as you all recall, Jeremy lives in the Los Angeles area, so it's 6.35 as I record this, this kind of preamble which means it's only 3.35 for him on the West Coast. He's going to call me on his drive home from work tonight. So it's a Friday night commute, streets of L.A., should have him in prime time form. My point would be, disclaimer, if you thought the disclaimer-laden show I had to give last time of Marky Sal and I was too one-sided politically for you, then Jeremy in the car is not for you. Full stop. No point in continuing in this podcast. That said, a couple other housekeeping things. Places listening. Australia, number two after the U.S. this week. Indonesia, Spain, India, Canada, Pakistan, the U.K., Jamaica, the Philippines, and Belarus. Piermont, Australia is in third place this week as in terms of a city listening after San Francisco and Charlotte. Piermont is a neighborhood in Sydney just down the road from the the old opera house not the grand old opry that's in tennessee i believe but the big old famous sydney opera house uh piermont australia is right down the street from that in sydney okay last thing before the theme song why are we talking about this still why are we talking about what the president is doing what the news is reporting what congress is doing or not doing the whole dc mix and bowl if you will well because today this afternoon in addition to Jeremy texting me and said, how about I rant on the podcast 
on the way home from work today, and you record it, and we put it up, and I said, oh, okay, let's take a shot. <clears throat> the Federal Election Commission chief, Ellen Weintraub, came out with this statement this morning. Ex- quote, accepting any kind of opposition research from a foreign national or government would be considered illegal under U.S. elections law. She went on to say, the law is pretty clear. It is absolutely legal for anyone to solicit, accept, or receive anything of value from a foreign national in connection with any election in the United States. End quote. So that's a pretty big statement for the the FEC chair to have to come out with and say, because a lot of people are trying to say that what's been going on with soliciting foreign help is not illegal, when in fact, per the statement I just read, seems like it's pretty darn illegal. In fact, that's too weak. It is absolutely legal relative to U.S. election law. So we're going to see what J.J. has to say about this, and maybe we'll get on to some other stuff too. But filibuster freestyle, as always, thanks for listening. Follow us uh, on Instagram, at filibuster freestyle. You can subscribe on SoundCloud. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and leave a review. You can do the same thing on Google Music Play if you have a droid. Rating, review, subscribe. Helps other people find the show. So thanks for doing it. And you can always find us at www.filibusterfreestyle.com. Jeremy Johnson coming up next. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster. Freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Okay, ladies and gents, as promised, Jeremy in the car on the West Coast. First of all, JJ, welcome back. How are you? I'm really good. I'm driving directly into the uh, setting sun over the Pacific Ocean, which is due west, just like the sun. <laughs> I am blinded by the light. Well, that's that's a fantastic thing. Jeremy's got his shades on. We're on FaceTime here. Uh, I've already set this up for the listeners at home, the listeners all over the world. So, um, you know, five days ago, Marky Sal and I did a piece it was on Ukraine Gate. We've we've jumped through 16 hoops since then, including openly asking China, and by we I mean the president of the United States, openly asking China to meddle in the elections on television. Um, so let me ask you a question to start right there. Um, was going on TV and asking China for help dumber than releasing the transcript of the call from the Ukraine, or is it even or not or smarter? <laughs> well. <clears throat> What I think is, I, I'm really developing the exact. This is straight out of the like the Kremlin playbook. Yeah. Okay. Always is. Um, Biden is the moderate Democrat that actually has a chance at winning a national election in the eyes of the you know people that are they're prognosticating this. So and. Uh, Donald Trump is bulletproof, and he also has the he has the breaking case of emergency Senate that can, um, you know, can wipe this impeachment inquiry under the rug. Yep. So what you do is you you strap a, a bomb to your chest and you grab a hold of Biden and you blow him up. <laughs> and at the end of the day, Biden's poll numbers sink. And there's a swirl of um, of controversy around him, like pig pen, the flies. Yeah, you're sure. Trump already stinks. He's covered in poop. He's been covered in poop from day one. 
Um, it does. There are they're already spinning this every day, as though it's um, a left wing mob, and um, <clears throat> they're going to ride it out and see if it works. Correct. Well, let me ask. Um, sorry, go ahead. So to come on TV and ask China for help, um, it also all of his his um, big on TV moments coincide with the the um, testimony of someone in public. So it sucks some of the oxygen out of the room and the headlines. Um, and it gives Fox News and then the even more extreme uh, right-wing media outlets a talking point to lead with in the headlines that um, is not the sworn testimony of a respectable uh, government official. Right. Well, okay. So let me. So maybe it was the smartest thing ever, or maybe he is an idiot. Or, 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 or can't both be true? <laughs> like, You're absolutely right. He is a useful idiot. Right. So let me. That's ha- the intelligence term for it. Correct. Which is why the which is why the the, the 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 Kremlin likes him so much, and it's also probably why people in Siberia listen to this podcast. Anyway, um, loosely connected, of course. Loosely. You're connected. on the radar. Oh, I'm on the radar, and it's it's. Uh, Chief Financial Officer Cindy Harrington may have said, do, do you really want them to keep listening to you in Siberia? And I said, well, of course not. But you know what? Like, I mean, it's a great time zone for us. We had nobody in that time zone before Siberia, so it's great. <laughs> we're, we're, the sun never sets in the filibuster freestyle. Anyway, no. so today, the, the chair of the Federal Election Commission, Ellen Weintraub, stated... Accepting any kind of opposition research from a foreign national or government would be considered illegal under U.S. elections law. She went on to say, it is absolutely illegal for anyone to solicit, accept, or receive anything of value from a foreign national in connection with any election in the United States. And this guy goes on TV, which prompted her to have to say this, but uh, I don't know, man. Is she a registered Republican? Well, is she? Yeah. I have no idea. She's the chairman of the Federal Election Commission. I have no idea. Well, who is she appointed by? Uh, because this is exactly the direction that they go in. Okay? They've already... <clears throat> the whistleblower, whose identity is unknown, Yeah. whose gender is unknown, I've seen no fewer than three times um, called a Democrat on um, Fox News. So what I do every um, every day now, several times a day, is I take a screen capture of my phone of CNN.com, which used to be a pretty down the middle news source until they started being attacked left and right, and then they at some point they're just like you know what, F it, if we're going to be painted like this, like let's just go for it. Right. And now they've they've definitely started trying to fight back, which is exactly why he he's been attacking them from the very beginning. Because they had some credibility in the beginning, and now they're—it doesn't matter what they do, so they may as well put on their gloves and you know send Jake Tapper out to actually do some, some work. Yeah, but they've diminished their legitimacy in the eyes of um, you know the right wing, and so I, I screen capture CNN and I go over to Fox News and I do the same. Okay, and so. Then I, you know, I'm in my various social media platforms and I see that, uh, you know, I see some, some lefties that I know who are like, oh man, slam dunk, he's such an idiot. 
we're totally kicking their ass. He's going to be impeached. Put lock him up. Put him in jail. But his emails, etc. And then you go over and look at Fox News, and it's seven stories about Adam Schiff, um, the whistleblower being a Democrat, um, the lady at the AOC um, town hall meeting that suggested that we eat babies so that um, we can stave off global warming. Um, the girl from Boy Meets World who's going into porn. And then maybe at the bottom of the below the fold, they actually put in a legitimate news story that talks about the inspector general's um, testimony. Right. Um, and this is how they do it. Most people don't click on articles and maybe they do and they get like 300 words in. And then those that, you know, get that far, maybe they scroll down a little bit, but they they know exactly where to place the story so that they're not being clicked on by the true believers. And so that they are like when Shep or Christopher Wallace goes on a newsy rant to show some legitimacy as a news network, because yep. they do still have news in their name. They never highlight those. Those are always down at the bottom or judge Knapp or one of their legitimate news voices. Um, and it's just about messaging and they're going to try and market and brand their way through this and try and maintain that 41% floor that he has of people that are not really hearing what's happening. And even if they do, they don't believe it because they believe in the church of Trump. Right. So you know that he's doing what he's doing. I know uh, it, this is this is clearly now a matter of fact. So now you say it's not actually breaking the law. It's it's a nothing burger. Um, and you know they sent out their talking points. I've seen their talking points. It's all just like eh, no big deal. Left wing lefties can't get out of their own way. Doing nothing in Congress. You know, like, we're trying to focus on the real issues. By the way, I think it's still infrastructure week for the, you know, the 156th week running. Sure. But um, we're going to get to that <laughs> soon. One day. Um, but this is the coup, man. Just look at what he's saying and look at what they're saying. And what they're doing is they're projecting what they're doing. So you can't attack them immediately for family corruption and nepotism right away after you're being accused of. It's like, no, you are. Right. They take, they take the ball out of your hand. And they take the talking points and the momentum away from you. And they're gonna, the Democrats are going to waste their impeachment potentially here. And then, you know, this like next quarter, the and next year and a quarter, the Supreme Court's going to decide a whole tidal wave of conservative issues in favor of the conservatives. He's they're going to ideally for them they're going to get him reelected, and the heirs just can't go out of the balloon. And you can't impeach him twice. It's like, can you? <laughs> Maybe right. Well, all right. Well. Let's let me the get back. The numbers are all in the favor of the Democrats right now, relatively speaking, in terms of this stage of the impeachment versus Nixon and Clinton. But here's what they didn't have then: they didn't have a well-oiled propaganda machine. They learned from those from those experiences. Right. Well, yeah, Fox News didn't exist then. Uh, 
And so, it's just begun to exist with Clinton, but... Right, but they, like you said, well-oiled is a little bit different than nascent. So, another thing that's came, come out today, reported by NBC News, uh, one of Trump's own appointees, um, her name is, uh, sorry, last name's Simmons L. Courtney Simmons Elwood. She's the CIA's general counsel. She, weeks before this whistleblower thing came out, she made a criminal referral to the Justice Department about these complaints prior to the, the, the anonymous whistleblower making, making any statements at all or anything coming out, because they haven't made any statements. So multiple senior officials are now, who are all appointed by Trump are essentially cre- crediting and corroborating that they referred this to justice for a criminal inquiry, and obviously justice, which is completely in the hands of Bill Barr, did nothing. Does anything happen to Bill Barr in your opinion? I think he'll—he's going to be brought up on, uh, you know, uh, as a in testimony. He's going to be brought up in front of the house, and they're going to interview him. And there's going to be a lot of hand wringing and a lot of non-answers. And what they're going to do is try to hold their breath and say, "This is all not much to do about nothing," and see if it works. So that's what they're going to do. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to—can they, they impeach the attorney general? Technically, uh, but it still has to go to the Senate, Gavin. No, I understand that. They start plucking Republican senators, right, and appeal to some real patriots instead of these sycophants that are in there. Then it's over, man. He gets another four years, and they've marginalized any opposition. I mean, Christ, man. Putin's on television making jokes about how, of course, he's going to meddle in the 2020 elections. Right. Okay? Like, (laughs) this is where we're at. And now you've got, like, you literally have right-wingers who are like, yeah, but, I mean, the Russians are, like, our buddies. Like, you know, like, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, everybody needs to rewatch Rocky IV, is all I ever keep saying. But that's okay. It's... This is the end game of their moves. This is the this is what it's all been building to is to try and get him over the hump because this is Reagan too, okay? But bigger, uglier, angrier, more illiterate, but the bottom line is the same. Break down the social safety nets, break down the power of the poor and the middle class. Like, for instance, uh, our, our relationship with the European Union was very strong. That might be something the Russians might want to drive away. Yes, they would. They would. They would benefit. Yes, they would benefit. Here's a double, a double, uh, a double battle that at play here. So the the tariffs that just went through. It's directly an impact on like upper middle class people who might tend to be Democrats. Who buys imported scotch? but doesn't have, like, unlimited money. Who buys, like, imported Parmesan cheese? You know, like, finer finer European products that are imported to the United States that are purchased at places like Whole Foods right. and at, you know, nicer grocery stores coastal by Democrats. The quote, coastal okay? elites, yeah. So, you know, like, the farmers are getting hammered by the, by the trade war, so we're slipping them $27 billion and counting so that there's not a revolt 
within the base. It's all about just maintaining that that forty one percent support or whatever. Sure. Which is pretty much bulletproof. And they're just gonna they're gonna rig some election machines, they're gonna vote suppress in some obvious like uh, marginalized neighborhoods, i.e. black and Mexican and poor. Um, they're gonna play every trick in twenty twenty and just they only have to swing like you have to suppress like a hundred thousand votes and swing like another hundred thousand. Right. It doesn't matter if California and New York hates you. You know, like they got to get this all in before Texas flips, so they can change all the laws. Well, that's the big that's the big elephant in the room for them is they know they're out of time because Texas is about to flip. Texas is probably eight years from flipping if if less. I mean, in, in, on, a, on a level playing field, Texas is about eight years from flipping uh, or less. But of course. You've argued that the playing field may not be level, probably won't be level. Um, which is, no. I mean, that's the playbook Don't for less. Don't try to vote in Milwaukee in a black neighborhood in the 2020 election. Go to Cincinnati in a black neighborhood and try and vote. Tell me how many hours it's going to take you to get through there. By the way, you're probably not making a ton of money at your job or have like a ton of freedom to go and exercise your constitutional right to leave work and go and vote. Right. So well, there's a bunch of people aren't going to make it to the polls anyway. And you get there after your job, and you're standing in line for hours. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Tuesday non-holiday election day is, is another nice little trick, which whoever it was, our founding fathers or whoever in between thought of, to keep people who don't control their own time during the day away, which is crummy. Um, let me ask you a couple questions. So you mentioned sycophants and senators, and you mentioned, you know, are there any patriots or appeal to patriotism? And I can't believe I'm going to, I'm going to, I say this with my tongue in cheek a little bit, but um, finally a murmur from the invertebrate Mitt Romney today, it, perhaps a spine forming or just a little bit yeah. of a ripple. Mitt is concerned. He's very concerned. Deeply concerned. Um, no, I mean, deeply. I mean, my brow is so furrowed. Furrowed right brow. Furrowed brow. The tree is the right brow. height. I mean, just, the tree is the right just, height, but I'm furrowing my brow. You know what? Mitt might end up being the only guy that can save it all. Because, like, when he first said something, like, earlier in the week, he was immediately attacked with a whole bunch of, like, online slander and, like, you know, it was basically like a warning shot. Like, watch your mouth, Mitt. We're all coming for you. All the trolls and all the rushies, ruskies, and all the, you know, all the right-wingers are going to attack you. Right. If you don't stay in line. But Mitt is safe. He's a safe senator. He's not coming up for re-election for a while. He's, He's in Utah. They don't like him very much. They don't like, they don't like the president very much in Utah relative to... Other places that always vote Republican. He's also got four more years there. Mitt is also a Mormon. He's an unquestioned, you know, Senate quality white man in that type of environment. He's safe. It's time for him to go a little John McCain. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's it's time to. I mean, how many senators do we need? How many Republicans do you need for two thirds? I mean, you need like, like you need like nine or ten, yeah. Nine or ten. So you start you start looking at them, and you got to find the ones that are in vulnerable districts, and you got to find the ones that have been around long enough to be like, you know, I, I don't even care if I get reelected. Watch this. 
and sadly John McCain is gone and you know we're left with our deeply uncharismatic um, Mitt Romney and like people like Susan Collins and like I don't know dude they don't have the nine they don't have it but they might the first person to say it is the hardest one to say yeah yeah, and I mean, then people can follow. Yeah, Mar- Marcos and I were talking the other day that the, if somebody grows a spine and actually does this, becomes one of the nine or ten, that regardless of party or any other BS, that person will go down 50 years from now as an American hero, you know? Um, they might. They may very well, you know, especially if it all works. I know my friends... We already do it, though. We do it with an with well, angry hug. Like, anyone who shows any charisma or any anything... I mean, it's like this Greta Thornburg kid. Like, they, da- they damaged her. They went after her. Like, gloves off. Like, anybody that shows any sort of charisma gets attacked. Right. I don't, if you're an athlete or a musician or um, a comedian or a politician, like you get a nickname, you get attacked, you get you get doxxed, as they call it online. It is like already happening. It's just reputation. It's not actually silencing right. people. But so what it comes down to is enough people at once have to do something while they still have a platform to actually do something. And the question is, do you want to be in on it and eventually get crushed anyway, or do you want to stand up for what you said you believed in, which is a lot easier said than done for people like us without a platform, but, I mean, like you said, Mitt, stop furrowing the brow. Mitt, you're loaded. You're loaded. He doesn't have anything to lose other than his life and his money. Right, which well, which he'll never run out of the second. He'll never run out of the second. So, and we're all gonna die. So, like, he's got nothing to lose, really. Mitt, you've got nothing to lose, buddy. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I know, Mitt. Like, go just move to one of your other houses, Mitt. Yeah, like, you, Mitt, you've got five thousand houses. Also, Mitt you're Romney all set up for global warming and civil unrest and everything else. And also, like, Mitt, you're all dialed in. Like Mitt, you invented Obamacare. You did in Massachusetts, and then you pretended you didn't when you ran against him. You might as well just come all the way back, brother. You invented Obamacare, save America, and we'll all be like, "Wow, Mitt Romney, milk toast superhero." God bless you, Mitt Romney. My goodness. This is what we've come to. Oh, we, we just, here are two guys who are going all in. This is like us rooting for the Twins right now. Yeah. And, you know, it's a nice segue playoffs. to baseball. It's like, you know, when, especially back in the day when the Red Sox had no hope, you know, when the Yankees were in the playoffs every year, you, you just rooted against wherever the Yankees were playing. Well, Mitt Romney is the Minnesota Twins right now. He's the Utah Jazz. <laughs> I just saw an onion headline that said, uh, you know, bleeping Yankees says nation. <laughs> About right. You got any takes on the baseball playoffs? Oh man, Houston's a good baseball team, huh? Houston's great. I mean, I'm thinking, Do- I'm thinking Dodgers, it. Dodgers, Astros, 2017 repeat. What do you think about that? You know, I think that it's it's gonna be hard to beat Houston in a seven game series, but. Um, the Dodgers have a good team, and, you know, let's see if they can get over the hump because they're rapidly approaching Buffalo Bills' status. Yes. 
And uh, they do have flaws, man. They got more flaws than the Astros do. And in the playoffs, you know, they come as well out. As I do. The flaws are the things that lose you series and well, games. Let me ask you this. Is You mentioned the Buffalo Bills thing. Um, is it worse for the Dodgers to lose before the World Series or, or to go to the World Series and lose again from a from like a a curse standpoint? You know what I mean? Like if they lose in this round, it's kind of like, well, they weren't good enough. They lose in the World Series for the third year in a row. Now you're getting Big into show. Buffalo Bills, right? What right. Is, what's, what's worse? I think... Honestly, as a, as a Patriots fan that goes to the Super Bowl every other year, I would kind of rather them not go to the Super Bowl than lose in the Super Bowl. Well, right. It's like, it's like the Joe Montana theory. Joe Montana is the best quarterback ever. He didn't go to the Super Bowl yeah, for most so of his gutting. career. Right, when exactly. When you get so close, it's so gutting. Like, mm. as a fan, I'm not even talking about the record. At this point, you know, it's that conversation's over. But yes. Maybe that 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 would have been a little bit more relevant before we got to six and three. But yes, the, as a as a franchise that hasn't won since ninety one, the Dodger fans are 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 really been through the the mill lately. Or eighty eight, right? Yeah, um, eighty eight. Yeah, ninety one was the A's, I think. But um, anyways, eighty eight. But um, like if I'm a Dodger fan, I would rather they not make it than to go and lose again because it's just too damn embarrassing. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's worse to be... If you lose a third World Series in a row, you might as well have not made the playoffs this year. Like The best part of the Red Sox crappy regular season is that nobody cares anymore. It's over. Oh, I'm so low stress right now. Yeah, it's over. And we get to go to, you know, get to watch football and watch basketball and watch hockey. And then it's spring training again and hope spring's eternal in April. But like... Instead, the Dodgers are going back with 106 wins or whatever again, third year in a row. Uh, I mean, honestly, they, I'm pulling. If they I'm, lose in the World Series again, it's just so hard to get to the top of that mountain, and you get to the like base camp, and you can't finish the climb, and you got to start at the bottom again, and it's just grueling, man. Like, I feel for them; they've really run into some buzz saws, like the Astros. Was you know that was a, a wonderful team. That was a complete team. The, the Red Sox last year, historically good team. Yeah. The Astros this year, historically great team. I mean, they they were one win off of the Red Sox pace from last year. Yep. And, and, complete. And frankly, the the uh, the Yankees are, are not anything to sneeze at either, right? I mean. Oh yeah, and the Twins are like coming off the top rope out of left field. And, you know, we won't discuss the Rays, but, you no. know. If the Rays win the World Series, I will eat your hat. <laughs> no, I will not allow it. I will not allow them to win the World Series. I despise that franchise. You know, for I'm a franchise for a franchise that's literally done nothing except to go to one World, one World Series and lose to the Phillies, um, I really hate them, too. I mean, I just hate them so much. I am so deeply offended by their existence. I actually, I'm sorry, I'm calling them by the wrong name. I, I refuse to not call them the Devil Rays because yeah, that's okay. their name. And then they changed the their name to be all Devil cute. Rays. I remember your right. dumb rainbow uniforms in 1998. I remember your dumb name, and that's your dumb name forever. You retired Wade Boggs' jersey for no reason. That is pathetic. I award you they no play points. in the worst building in sports. And may God have mercy they on your They can't souls. get more than 10,000 fans and like, Oh, these like great matchups that have playoff significance down the home stretch in the regular season, and they they got like 
7,800 people there. It's amazing it's because they've got they've got a really good hockey fan base down there, which is so counterintuitive. Um, well, like nobody wants to drive over the bridge to the stadium. No, I get like, it. I get it. But, they need to move to Montreal, have a retractable roof stadium, and we can all begin the process of forgetting that this ever happened. By the way, I would love it if the Montreal Expos were to join the American League East. They'd have a rivalry with the, the, the Blue Jays, obviously. They'd have the Yankees. They'd have the Red Sox. And, of course, we all have to tolerate the Orioles. But at least the Orioles are a good old-timey team, you know? And every once in a while, they put together a relevant squad. Yeah, the Orioles and, get a little you know, frisky every once in a while. Yeah, it would be a great fit. And it would be a natural fit. And every year, it's not like a, a, something that they're working towards is a year that I am personally offended. <laughs> I am triggered by the Rays, the, the Devil Rays. I tell you what, Jeremy in the car might be more triggered by this than all the stuff we talked about at the beginning of the pod, which is exactly what they want, by the way. They want you to be triggered by the Devil Rays instead of by, you know, impending doom of the Republic. I'm just fucking tired. Sorry, I'm, I'm just tired, man. Like, I'm just... <laughs> I'm tired. Like, I can't. I can't fight all the battles, man. Like, and this is what they're counting on. Right. They're moving the goalposts so far that we're worried about like a a right wing coup takeover of the United States government and the end of the republic as we know it. Instead of like being like, man, our quality of life really could be a lot better. And why do we give so much money to people that have unending streams of money? Like, right, but the, the, well, the thing is that we'll, that we'll never talk about those things because we're talking about the fate of the republic. So, we never get there. Right, so it's just easier for, let alone infrastructure, so it's just easier to get mad about the devil race. <laughs> yeah. Because that yeah, makes sense I mean, to us. They should be in Montreal. We can fix that. <laughs> we, I have the answers for this one. Yeah, I know how to fix the devil race. Just take them out of Tampa Bay. Because here's the thing, Gav, and... I know we got to wrap it up, but like, so they, let's say Mitt Romney saves the Republic, okay? Takes his, puts his Batman suit on, and he leads a merry band of nine senators, and they impeach the president, and, oh, by the way, Pence would be president, but that's a whole other thing. And then the Democrats win in 2020, and maybe they take back the Senate. Do you think that this right wing propaganda machine is going anywhere? Oh no, it's just gonna. It's just no, gonna. This is like, like we. It's like, man, you better pack a lunch because yeah. we're going up against the elite, the the Illuminati goals of like hostile takeover, and like this is just our life for the foreseeable future, unless the the um, you know some intelligent and charismatic progressives win a bunch of elections in a row. Because until that happens, this is just the way it's going to be. Right. You got to battle. Well, speaking of battling, I'll let you get into it. I know you got to probably make some dinner, do a little bedtime out there. It's it's 6.30 in the in the west. It's 9.30 in the east. Um, Jeremy, I'm outside of uh, sushi right now. I'm going to go and have sushi with my girls. Is that the place I went to wait. with you? Yep. Oh, I'm great Friday night family queen. sushi. JJ, real yeah. quick, give me 30 seconds on this restaurant where people bring all their, their kids for sushi on Fridays. It's great. Hamakaze, it's a it's a just a great sushi restaurant. And what it what it does is it has the um, 
the phenomenon that's probably happening all over uh, the country, but specifically in my area, I call it parent happy hour. <laughs> it starts about 5, 5.30, and every restaurant that's even remotely uh, ch- ch- kid-friendly has um, got parents with their young children just bombing down good food and drinks. And this place, like, we used to go there at normal adult dinner, dinner times, and we built a relationship with them. And then we start going in there, and Chloe's pregnant, and we start getting dirty looks because we're in the United States, and she's pregnant and eating sushi. <laughs> so then we stopped, and then we didn't go for a while, and now we go, and we bring our daughter, who's now eating sushi and loving it, and it's the same servers, the same sushi chefs. It's just killer. I love it. And um, the food's amazing. It's an izakaya. So it's got some hot food too. Oh, love it. And, it was so uh, good. I was there about a month it's ago. It's a highlight of our week when we can go. It was so good. And I will just say this Parent Happy Hour, fake band name of the week to bring it all home. Uh, JJ, I will talk to you soon. I think we're actually playing each other in fantasy this weekend. So. Um, worst of luck to Watch you. Watch out, Gab. I got a juggernaut. <laughs> you really do. Your team is murdering it, and my team, as usual, paper champions. We win games like 79 to 78, and we stink, and then the playoffs, we get run like a bunch of chumps. So, I'm currently 11 and 1 in my three leagues. JJ and, uh, is, a, is, a, is a dominant fantasy player, folks. I tell you what. All right, brother. Have a good uh, dinner with, with the ladies. Tell them I say hi. Thanks for being on the freestyle, and we will catch you soon, bud. All right, Kev.